Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're telling the story of Al Rosa 514. Thanks for listening. I have a funny opener for today. Okay, perfect. Okay. Hello, comrade Mariah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, Casey. Hello. Today are we are going to talk about russia and a little bit about the soviets not as much about the soviets as i thought when i first started writing this but a little bit so good yes so much so much to talk about so much russian engineering to yeah to have a chat about great i'm prepared Uh, (laughs) not at all not at all we got everything we got uh siberia we got russian engineering we got a little bit of uh just the good fine people of russia yep putin makes a brief appearance a lot happens so all right yeah so uh, by mentioning putin i guess i gave away already that this is a more recent one i think this is the most recent one we've ever done it's uh al rosa 514 so al rosa is a um russian airline i think i have the impression that they're kind of like a maybe a maybe a bit of a budget airline i don't know someone can tell me hmm. but um this took place on september 7th 2010 oh yeah. wow okay. uh the aircraft involved is a it's a tupolev which i'm gonna call or tupolev i'm probably gonna call it a tulev po like i've been in my head <laughs> but <laughs> yes. um, they call it a tu-154 um so this plane I don't know who this would be helpful for, but if this helps you, it's it's spiritually like a 727. Um, <laughs> it's a three-engine plane, so like a TriStar. It's got uh, two engines on the wings and then one engine in the back uh, on the tail. So uh, there's two pilots, seven crew, 72 passengers. We got 81 people on board. That's about a third-ish uh two or not a third math 60 percent to 50 percent full not a third (laughs) at least a third got you got you okay so yeah yeah and um our pilots are uh captain yevgeny and first officer andre so uh this flight is going from udachny 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 to Moscow. I was thinking about this. What's your Russian accent like, Mariah? What's your Russian accent, Fitch? Oof. Probably not good. I I can't. I have a really hard time doing accents because I think of my like natural accent. <laughs> it sounds like I'm being mm-hmm. racist, no matter what. Like I could be doing a British accent and it's racist. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. not very good. I I never feel compelled to just do an accent. But I do yeah. absorb people's accents when I'm around them. Yeah. It's hard yeah. Not yeah, I feel that too. And I mean, Ty does enough accents for all of us combined. Yeah, I, In the best way. He's very talented. I feel like it. accents are a masculine trait. <laughs> but I can't yeah. tell. Yeah. I can't yeah. tell. Um, yeah. So this that distance, so it's going from Udachny to Moscow. Uh, that's a five-hour flight that travels through Siberia, like over Siberia. It's kind of like that Arctic route up there so 
the 154 the tu-154 so one of the things this plane is like one of the like original soviet planes that uh had you know all of the beautiful soviet engineering but also had little little uh features that might signal things are a little rough in uh yeah in the ussr (laughs) because for example their landing gear was like thick and oversized so that it could land and take off on gravel runways oh yeah so little little extra little extra little yeah feature of this plane hmm. can... is, is that like a feature that's needed often maybe for in russian aircraft in, in the 60s it was like when they first started making this kind of aircraft this one was made in 1990 and i guess they thought they'd keep it i don't know uh i think that i guess my impression is that there was a time where a lot of soviet runways were gravel hmm yeah Yeah. that's a good point um i have no idea i'm sure historically probably most countries they were gravel at some point or some of them were gravel it is just a new a new idea for me a new whole new thought that you would make the landing gear differently so that it could land and take off on gravel so um the flight takes off totally normal everything's chill uh, it's a cloudy day. The cloud cover um, is at 1,400 feet. So anybody who's up on a plane, you know that as you're taking off, if there's clouds, you pass through the clouds. And then above them, it's totally fine, right? The weather is beautiful. Clouds don't go up that high usually. So, um, But it does mean that if you look down, right, there's you can only see clouds. They're taking a, a fairly long flight. The plane is full of fuel. There's something... So we talked a little bit, I think, before about like where fuel is stored on the plane and how it gets to where it's going. Um, So this aircraft has two fuel tanks on the wings and two fuel tanks in the fuselage. So like in the belly and then on the wings because it's made to travel long distances. It can hold a lot of fuel and it's a 60s design, right? So it can hold all the fuel. The plane is trucking along, super full of fuel, not that full of people. They ascend to a flight level 348. So flight level 348, 34,800 feet. And they're flying along. Everything's chill. Uh, then, as you know, everything starts to not be chill. <laughs> and yeah. the their navigation equipment starts to, like, act funny. I'm like, well, why, why is it acting weird? Hmm. Right. And they are, you know, kind of trying to see what's going on with that trying to figure that out um they just start they start to descend right to try to you know get down be a little closer to the ground be you know uh, just i guess just to minimize any problems there's i guess different strategies right sometimes you want to be up high sometimes you want to be down low i don't know i'm not a pilot Mm -hmm. but um, when as they're descending more of their electrical systems are failing so like oh, this no. thing's not working and this thing's not working uh, at 9,800 feet, all electrical systems fail. That's not no. good. And, you know, 10,000 feet above the ground, all of their electrical systems fail. Yeah. So that means a lot of different stuff. Um, they had, as they had been descending, they had, you know, kept air traffic control in the loop, said like, oh, we're getting little like weird stuff's happening. We're going to kind of descend, you know, maybe we'll make an emergency landing. We've got tons of fuel. We can go anywhere. 
right? Like we can get to mm. any airport. So much fuel, yeah. right? So as they're descending, uh, the radio cuts out along with all of the other electrical systems, which includes your radio for communication, uh, all of your navigation equipment, mm-hmm. uh, all of your pumps, and your flaps and slats. Now, why are your pumps, flats, flaps, and slats, that's very hard to say, why are they <laughs> shutting down when your electrical system doesn't control those, Mariah? Uh, it's, you know, they, we all know, as you know, as I know, as all of us know universally, this obscure Russian plane, <laughs> the pumps and <laughs> flaps and slats are controlled by hydraulics. But right. they are controlled by hydraulics, but the actual switches in the cockpit are electrical. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So they would work fine if you could tell them what to do, but you can't. So Jeez. Uh, the pumps are particularly worrisome because the pumps right. send the fuel from the tanks to the engine. Oof. So now instead of having plenty of fuel, now they have like 20 minutes worth of fuel because even though it's full of fuel the fuel can't get to where it needs to be right. so it's just all freaking kindling whatever's on the way already yeah exactly that's whatever's in there is all you're getting so yeah now it's now it's a real problem okay so no navigational equipment not enough fuel 20 minutes worth of fuel and they're over Siberia. So now they have to recheck that idea of uh, how, like, what's the closest airport? Like, can we make it to an airport? So they have their charts, which, like, I just have to say as, like, a side thing, mm-hmm. I, I, like, love thinking about all the charts in a cockpit. It's just, I don't know, it's not relevant, but I think, like, that's so cool. You have, like, all these maps. But, yeah, like, a, like an old, like, what yeah. our dr- glove compartment looked like when we were kids, just, like, full of maps. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. especially with the triptychs, like yes, the, exactly. the triple exactly. A triptychs. So the triptychs. Uh, they're like looking at their charts, right, trying to find uh, any airport, and there's nothing. There's nothing anywhere except, according to their map, forest. Okay, so they're over Siberia. They're in a remote mm. area. There are no airports anywhere near close enough. Right. So now we're back in that. We've talked about it before, that kind of like glide question. Right. So the higher you are, the longer you can glide. Right. But they can't see the earth. There Mm. are clouds between them and what they believe to be a forest. Right. right? So there's clouds between them and the forest uh, that all they know that's below them is forest. Siberian friggin forest. So as they're... uh, trying to decide so do we stay high do we like maintain our altitude and try to get like maximum distance but we can't get to anywhere no matter how much distance we have so we can dip down below the clouds and have very minimal time if we run out of fuel right now they have fuel so right now they have like engines but they are going to run out of fuel they will run out of and their their engines will cease uh, and so do they dip down below the clouds so they can look for a place to land that they're pretty sure isn't there? Or do they try to maximize the distance that they can fly, even though there's nowhere to fly to? Like the plane is going to land on the ground at some point in Oof. the next 20 minutes. So uh, they hash it out. Um, uh, again, no navigational equipment. It's not like they know exactly how high they are anyway. Uh, they So any mm. if you've ever seen anything with planes right any movie anything there's that little um 
navigational thing that shows if you're flying level, right? And it works like a level that you would use to put up a shelf or whatever. So that's not working. So they have to um, have like a cup of water, a little, yeah, a little cup oh of water gosh. in there. Um, they also ask the flight attendants to move everybody to the front of the plane so that whenever they land, if the weight is like, uh, if the weight is situated more at the front of the plane, then the plane will stop more readily, right? But they don't know. I mean, stop where? Mm-hmm. On the ground? In the forest? Right. But like, a front of the plane as in like to the yeah, seats yep, yep, yep. so they can just, be just to the front seats because the they were kind of spread okay, out okay. because it's a comfy flight um so they right decide to dip down below the clouds so that they can at least see what they're working with even though dipping down below the clouds will or has the potential to minimize the amount of time that they can stay in the air long term so they dip down below the clouds and it's just forest. It's just what they expected to see. Forest and like marsh, which both of those. So there's probably a mm. longer, better conversation somewhere about like landing in a marsh where you will stick <laughs> to the marsh as you land is not suitable. Right. Um, but even if it was, it's not just marsh. Mm. It's not like wetlands. It's it's a forest. It's a marshy forest. So Siberia sounds dope but like the um so they they dip down below the clouds and they're looking around and they see like an empty track of land in the forest oh and it looks like a fucking runway that no that's what both of them did they were no way are we hallucinating are we so stressed out that we are seeing things it's not on their charts. It's not on their maps. They don't know what it is. It's just like literally a runway in the middle of the Siberian forest. <laughs> no way. <laughs> literally no way. Out of all of the yes! forest, they happen to yes! dip below. So. <laughs> by a runway. And like that's. That's where the electricity cut out, like all of it, right? So they head for the runway in the middle of the forest. It sounds like such a fairy tale, right? Like Hansel and Gretel are lost in the woods and they like (laughs) find the cookie house or like little red riding hood and all of that. Literally. Magic thing in the forest. Magic runway in the forest. So so they like head towards it and it's a runway there's a it's a runway but it's a little tiny runway like an old tiny runway and they're Mm. in a big modern plane they don't know why it's there they don't know anything about it uh they know it's too short okay so for reference um the runway they need more than 2,000 meters to land right and this runway is Mm -hmm. around 1300 meters so it way 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 too short okay. like hundreds even with right. everybody so in the front of the plane there's there's a couple of things that are working against them here so there's um just the basics of like this plane needs this much runway to land a eh? and that right off the bat there's not enough so mm. again the flaps and slats aren't working so the <laughs> flaps um you know make the oh, right. wing wider so as the plane slows down 
it mm-hmm. doesn't just fall out of the sky. It slows down evenly and it can land at a slower pace. So they have to land on the runway going way faster than they normally would. Uh, but <laughs> so it's too short God. and they're going to be landing too fast. Right. So again, they're not looking a gift horse in the mouth. They're going to try to run on this land on this runway. They do still have fuel right now. Yeah. So they can uh, attempt to land and then, um, aboard the landing they can attempt to land and then go around so uh they they come up to it they line up to the runway and they attempt a landing and then no 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 we're not there's we're gonna run off the runway and so they like uh abort the landing go around they do that one more time so right can you imagine oh my god i like imagine being a passenger on that plane so who like, I am yes. anxious just sitting. I'm laying in bed. So like. Twice they try to land and, and aboard the landing. They're like, nope, nope, nope. We're not going to do this. And the third time they were like, we we just have to put it down. We just have to put it down because we're going to run out of fuel. And then we're going to just crash into the forest. So as they're coming in, they touch yeah. down. And they have, like, only some of their braking potential. And they have their um, the uh, engine reversers you get what i'm saying so they as they're land as yeah. they land they're again way too fast put it down they uh do everything they can to get it to stop we got those big bad boy soviet uh wheels underneath that on the landing gear um doing their very best yes. uh, they do their best until they burst into flames uh catch fire and uh, as so oh. they're going down the runway pretty full of fuel on fire now uh going way too fast and they overshoot the runway they overshoot the runway they start to oh crash through gosh. the trees of this forest they like pop 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 along for 600 feet for 600 more feet beyond the runway oh and God. then the yeah it's a lot so of, the, the plane finally yeah, stops it's a lot uh flight attendants do their thing snap into action start to help people um escape the plane people start to escape through the emergency exits and everybody lives yes no yes! everybody lives the plane is on fire they missed like literally everything that could and have then gone bizarre wrong. things went right for absolutely no reason so exactly. everybody lives officially there were no injuries and part of me goes like wow it's a miracle and part of me goes like would they tell us if there were injuries <laughs> would you let us if know there was right right um so let's talk about right. that friggin' runway in the middle of the forest okay let's talk about this runway in the middle of the forest yeah so they are in the middle of the forest it's kind of like the um when we the sas flight we talked about where y- you've landed successfully but like you're in someone's yard or you're in siberia in the forest like, right so this is the Isma runway. Okay. So in during the Cold War, Isma was a a little airport that serviced um it was a military airport, right? It, this is something I think some of our dear listeners um live in like post-Soviet countries and you know that I've had the mm-hmm. privilege of spending some time there and one of the things that's really different i guess from just the way our countries the way the u.s is set up the way other countries are set up i guess at least in north america you know other countries the many other countries of north america um there's like if you're remote (laughs) you're kind of you're just remote you know you 
they're not going to build like a target yeah. out there for you. You know, you just, you live far away and you're far away from everything. Um, they, for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons, some of them good, neutral, bad, you know, a huge range, you know, cause obviously having a military presence allows you to never forget who owns you. Like there's that piece of it. There's also the convenience right. of like living in a forest in Siberia and having air- like access to an airport. Mm-hmm. So the Izmir airport had um, operated um, for a couple decades, but had been closed for years and years and years. It had been closed, shut down for years. Mm-hmm. Now, it is in the forest. And we all know that, like, nature reclaims stuff after we skedaddle. Um, yeah. But we got a bonus hero. We got Sergei, the bonus hero yeah. of this story. The, the heroist hero. So, okay. Carlos, right, is is who what we call truly excellent pilots from now on if you're a yes. civilian if you're not a pilot and you're a hero you are just a sergey okay <laughs> our man sergey <laughs> lives in this little town in yes. Isma. and sergey is the only employee of this airport kind of okay so it used to be like a full-blown airport that had oh. 130 um employees and it you know it had you know, all the military, whatever military action went through there, whatever. Um, but they closed it down. And the only thing that it's ever used for ever anymore is occasionally a couple months a year. It's used for helicopters. So instead of being a runway that like a plane lands on that you need a bunch of land, you know, a, a long runway. Um, it's just like a little just right, right. spot that they keep cleared for helicopters okay and sergey believes in his hometown he believes in isma yeah and he wants them to bring the airport back he wants them to put yes he wants he wants to be able to take a plane out of isma he wants people to visit his beautiful home and so sergey they pay him to cut back, like cut the grass, cut back the trees just from that little patch where a um, helicopter could land. Mm. But Sergey did the whole damn runway all year round instead of doing. Yes, because. Oh, he my thought, gosh. No. What if someday if I like keep it really nice, if I keep it maintained, then maybe someday they'll bring the airports back. Like, oh. They'll start to land planes here again. Nobody paid him oh for it. Gosh. Like they pay him for like the little maintenance he's supposed to do on the helicopter stuff he does the entire runway all the time he kept it kept it regularly maintained oh we need more series in the world by himself i'm sure like you know everyone thinks sergey is nuts in that town right like so so like, his wife is yes. mad at him for taking all that time. Oh, exactly. But it wasn't pointless because he saved 81, 81 people's lives. And yeah. 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 So, Sergey. Amazing. The, all the people kind of, like, pile off the plane. There's not a lot going on in the little town, as we established. Um, so, they... Yeah. Um, how can I say this? So they couldn't radio anybody where they were, like, what was going on. And even if they could have radioed people, it's not like they could have said, oh, we're going to land in, like, the magic forest runway, right? So they <laughs> right. communicate finally where they are 
there are apparently no no injuries um everybody hops off then they send helicopters hey helicopters to pick the people up and like bring them to moscow one couple declined that was enough airtime for one day <laughs> and they took the train yeah yep, i, I guess understand, that. I understand that and appreciate that um but they yep. just helicoptered everybody out of there so our the pilots were awarded the russian federation medal of hero oh, hero of the russian federation that medal and the flight attendants got like the yeah. medal of courage and both of them got it from whoever, oh. whichever. You know how, like, in Russia, there's, like, Putin, and then there's somebody else, and Putin. But that's, yeah, like but it swaps. Right? Like, so if Putin's the president, then the president has all yeah. the power. And if Putin's not the president, if he's the prime minister, then the prime minister has all the power. Like, the meaning of the title just shifts on who, which right. one of them is Putin. So at this time, right, the president... Right. No one knows his name because he's not Putin. Uh, like he gave them the piloting, he gave the crew the medals. But Putin himself came down from heaven to give Sergey the uh, medal. I wrote it down because it's such a good medal. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry, I interrupted the medal, the medal of what? So Putin gave Sergey the medal, the medal of the order for services to the fatherland. Okay. <laughs> wonder why this happened to the plane like you do and so the investigators like came and checked everything out and what they determined was that the the batteries like just batteries like were maybe not quite right it's all very uh mysterious okay so they said the batteries which may or may not have been the right batteries and may or may not have been manufactured properly um uh, overheated and it called what was it called a thermal runaway apparently there's a thing with batteries where if they um, start to overheat it can create this chemical reaction where they'll just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and so they thank god didn't just catch on fire inside the plane but they got hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and uh destroyed like the entire electrical system of the plane so that was why they had like little problems at the beginning and then everything was gone so uh, people were like why'd that happen is that going to happen to other planes and the government of russia said we'll check it out give us those batteries and then never said anything about it again (laughs) yeah <laughs> really so they just said like yeah they they sure did overheat and people were like were they manufactured incorrectly or were they the wrong batteries and they're like they they overheated like just no no more information <laughs> nope just no so, information classic classic okay. moves from a, our classic yeah. comrades but the <laughs> so there's one last <laughs> little fun piece though so the plane is now in the forest 600 (laughs) feet away from a very small runway that it can't use because it's too short right uh and so the people from our boys at al rosa came down to check out the plane and they were like if i had a russian accent this is where it would come in but i'm not gonna use it they were just like this plane 
is fine. There's nothing wrong with this plane. We want to use this plane. We still want this plane. We were flying it because we needed it. We still want it. So they sent people to repair the plane in the forest, right? They patched it all up. And then there's the problem that the runway is too short, objectively. So they stripped some stuff off of it, like took the seats out, like stripped it down. And then they flew it out of there. And then El Rosa flew that plane for seven more years. Yes! No way. (laughs) For seven more years. In 2018, in 2018, they retired this plane. You and I were living in New York. 2018. They were like, okay, buddy. Like, you're done. No. I feel like something like Spirit Air (laughs) wouldn't even do that. That's like going praise for a spirit air, really. Right. <laughs> like a yeah. girl with wings. And then... Oh my word. Well, I mean, like, I guess if the damage is cheaper than buying a whole new aircraft, I mean but, like fixing the damage is cheaper, but with all the labor and like going out I there. I know. And... Can you imagine being those maintenance guys? Like maintenance people who travel. Because right. that is a thing, like when I was at buffalo right we don't have our own delta doesn't have maintenance people hanging out there all the time so if we need maintenance on a plane somebody has to fly to us to do maintenance from like detroit or usually detroit because that's where buffalo is but detroit or atlanta or you know Mm. another airport which i always thought that was such like an interesting thing because you know they're like maintenance guys would just like we'd be waiting for them they'd hop off the plane they'd fix the plane and then they'd hop back on the plane that day and like go home and maybe fix more planes for all i know hmm. like all that day it's, right it's, it's i mean it's got to be way cheaper than having oh totally i think it makes sense total sense from like a uh business point of view i guess what i mean is that job yeah seems so interesting to me like being yeah being that yeah, maintenance guy like if any of you have that job right i want to hear about your life like, can you imagine, Seriously. like, being a maintenance guy and then you'd, like, take a plane right. to Atlanta or it wouldn't be Atlanta to, like, Rochester for four hours? Right, exactly. Well, I know I used to think about um, the people who would fly to New York and back yeah. in a day yeah. for work. Um, I knew a guy who used to do that. It wasn't every day, so it was, it was like, a little bit more manageable, but um, it's, like, along those lines of just, yeah. in In, I mean... I had the, when I worked, you know, at, when I worked in aviation, I got to do like a handful of like go down and back in the same day. Um, but there were yeah. in, in Buffalo particularly, there was like a crop of people, the same, maybe 15, 16 business people who um, like lived in Buffalo Monday through Friday. And then, so every Friday night, they would all fly back to New York. And the, the, to be totally honest, all of those people were lovely. And that's kind of a joke or like a comment in aviation is that people who actually fly all the time are like pleasant and lovely and people who fly pretty often and think they fly all the time tend to be more insufferable. Yeah. But, um, yep. I felt so bad for them, though, because the flight from Buffalo to New York, the last flight from Buffalo to New York on Friday, the JFK and the LGA are both 
uh, always. I think there's like in the summer, I think it, it actually has a 100% late like uh, record. Like it's always late. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's what it's not Buffalo's fault. <laughs> it's New York's fault. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, I would have. Little side thing speaking of airports. So the plane has even more of a happy ending because now it is uh, in a museum. They, yes. Oh, yes. Which is so cool. I don't, you, you've been to the um, Smithsonian where they have like the old plane in, in the Smithsonian, the one. It's so cool. Yeah. To, like go inside. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it really so, is. Oh, and there was a twist. Uh, Andre, the co pilot, he flew the plane on its last mm-hmm. flight to go to the, yeah, to go to the. Oh. I know. Wow, right? What a brave person. Especially when like, they're like, like nope. it too, like on top of all that. Right. But, exactly. Yeah, it was a solid little plane. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I really can't believe they, they brought it back no, into I service. I mean, the one with Carlos, oh, right? That one, there was actually significantly less damage, right? Like that actually was like the plane mm-hmm. was pretty much all there, you know? Um, but this one I can't yeah I find it amazing that it could survive that especially because it like cut trees like you can actually look up images of it like right cut trees with the wings that's sturdy that's sturdy engineering yeah I I'm gonna have to look up pictures because I think in my yeah like in my mind maybe we'll we'll I'll definitely put up some Mm -hmm. pictures on the Instagram of uh the after because it I don't know. It just seems like I can't picture a plane that would be able to fly again, no matter how right, much work you right. did to it. So exactly, it, it seems, seems like crazy. You have to, yeah. It seems like it definitely would have been a challenge because you have to bring like the equipment and the parts. Like you have to bring everything up there by helicopter, I guess. And then right, but Sergey saved the day. Pilots did a good job too. Oh, One so of... good. I'm glad he got like oh a. Gosh, a me too. I'm really glad. Me too. I wonder if there's video of it. I bet you there is is. video of it somewhere. There probably is. There's actually, there's a video of the plane taking off from the airport. Like, taking off from uh, Yzma. Oh, like on its way? No, no, after it crashed. After they repaired it. There's video of, yeah. Oh, okay. Put that on the TikTok. Yeah. If we find it. (laughs) But I just... this one wow. again, like if this was a movie, it would be like too fake. If this was like an episode of yeah, what's like a kind of not good show, it's kind of good. I've been rewatching Criminal Minds. Is it too mean to Criminal Minds? Oh my god, really? we have two. <laughs> it's so it's good, great, but like it's it's so but it's right. so bad. So like if this was an episode of Criminal Minds, you'd be like, guys, like everything Come on. can't just work yeah. out like that. But this actually happened. <laughs> Like, oh, of course, there's a runway in the middle right, of the forest. Right. And of course, it's been maintained. No, that is Sergey's runway. And don't you talk about <laughs> it? It is Sergey's runway. Don't talk about like, it. Part of me is like, instead of giving, oh, that was something, a quote from Sergey. So they they wanted yes. to, like, at one point or another, they like offered to pay him. They're like, well, if you're going to do it, like, we should pay you. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot this. So they said that. And he was like, no, no keep the money and buy lights for the runway 
because right <gasps> now when helicopters land at night we have to light fires Jeez. to illuminate the runway and since it's a helicopter it blows the fires out yeah fire out right <laughs> so like that's where sergey's heart is he just wants the runway to be nice he wants the whole airport to come back it legitimately is Sergey's airport. I feel like can't they? Somebody needs to like open a fancy like bed and breakfast there and like run a charter flight back and forth just for Sergey. Yes, <laughs> like, let's do it. I love thinking about like I don't know. I just love these people. I like rural people in general a yeah. lot. Yeah, and like this this guy like lives in the middle of nowhere. He's seen too much life living in Siberia in during you know however i don't know how old he is but i mean he's old enough so like you live that whole life and you just love working at the airport and then you're the last one to work at the airport you just kind of like do what you do with the life you have yeah Yeah. and it's just i don't know there's just something like peaceful and like calming and relaxing and like I don't know, steady, I guess is the like, the word. Like something yeah. steady about that mindset. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Carlos and Sergey. Heroes. Heroes. Love them. So did they so did they put the he was like, please put the, the lights. Oh, they should have. And did they put the I lights? don't that I don't know, which makes me think the answer is no. Because ah. Putin Putin's maybe the richest man in the world. Like I think that's like a thing people wonder. Yeah. Like, I wonder if Putin's richer than Bill Gates. He might be. Um mm. but he he could afford the lights. Like get Sergey his lights. Yeah. Jerk. Take that, Putin. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. Uh, but um, there's there was like a I don't know how relevant this is, but there was like chatter about um how the pilots had been trained originally before there were like electrical instruments in the plane, so mm. that gave them at least a little bit more information like a little bit more knowledge than somebody who wasn't trained that way might have had it's not like so there's no instruments at all right so if if you have an electrical like a clock right if you have a a, an analog clock and it dies it runs out of batteries you can like tick 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 it'll it'll still show something but your electric clock shuts off then it's just blank it's nothing right Mm-hmm. So it's not like the electricity went out and now the dials are are manual or analog. They're just not working at all, you know. So right, it just shuts right. off. So it's not really comparable. Like having it, having the electricity shut off isn't comparable to flying a plane that was designed to fly without electricity. But it's mm-hmm. still, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about, and I I think that that's. I don't know if it's because we're getting older, but I like respect our elders and ancestors more and more i don't know it's good yeah we don't have the like we're smarter than everybody mindset anymore we've grown out of that i did i argued with a child recently and i was just like why am i doing this edgy edgy zoomers think it's funny and like cool to say that 9-11 wasn't a big deal oh my god i know like it's a very big deal. It's yes. a very, very big deal. I truly deal. can't wait. No, that's not. I, I don't want to be mean. But I I imagine <laughs> I imagine the day will come that some, like, Joomer or whatever, whoever's behind them will say that um, 
pandemic the pandemic sounds great and they wish they could take a year off yes and they will yeah they will be like you dumb kid yeah exactly that is that is their 9-11 it is their 9-11 sure. why do we get two 9-11s yeah. <laughs> I, that's the thing like millennials are really just screwed on all fronts it's crazy <sighs> i will say a side note though i looked up the like the type of plane that it was yeah it's a cool looking plane such an attractive plane yeah it's a really good looking yeah. plane like i will say and like they have pictures of it like landing in the forest it looks pretty cool it look, kind of looks like a spaceship yeah. like a international or like a like an outer space. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It's cool yeah. looking. I mean, and or do you see any pictures of the um, landing gear? Mm. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, landing gear. I just wonder how different it looks if they're like chunky for for gravel. There's probably still some gravel runways in the world. I just it's a new idea for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I don't know what to compare it to. That's fair. That's fair. They look normal, just maybe big. Yeah, I mean they're pretty big wheels. Yeah. Like they're just they're big. There's a lot of them. Yeah. There's twelve okay. total. I think you are partial. I observe or I believe that you are partial to <laughs> um planes with three engines. Like those seem to be the ones yeah. you like the best. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's cool. They're cool. Yeah, they're just like they're just like cute little. I don't know, cute little planes. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, planes with with three engines are like attractive because they have that like back like Jetsons one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly it. Like a DC ten, <laughs> which is the kind of like I think my second favorite plane is also like a three mm-hmm. engine plane, and yeah, they're just really attractive yeah yeah there's something like futuristic about it with the yeah back, yeah the way it is those were all designed so that like to get around that whole um so plants usually had two engines and then they had or two or four and the rule the law was that you had to have more than two engines to fly directly across the atlantic ocean Oh, so right, planes would yeah. have to like go up through Canada over like Greenland, Iceland, Ireland, and then go to wherever they're going in Europe. And then they were like, oh, what about three engines? <laughs> and they were like, sounds good. And so those planes could do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Now everybody does that. Jeez, the DC-10 is huge. Oh, it's such a cool plane. I like them so much. It's so massive. It's just, I like DC-10s. I'm like saving, like, well, my favorite plane crash <laughs> um for yeah <laughs> for uh, but like there's probably two i mean that's i'm probably giving it away because it's i think that people can probably guess which dc 10 crash would be someone's favorite but favorites i know the wrong mm. word objectively but i don't know what the right word is right right but... yeah i think we all know what we yeah. mean yeah I think we're fine there. Uh, are you ready for some fun banter where we talk about my laundry? <laughs> I'm so mad. Yes. What happened? <sighs> I uh, I went outside. Our like laundry is the laundry room that we have access to is like in the basement, right? So there's like a stairwell that goes down into it. And mm-hmm. 
I went and like put all my laundry, all of my worldly possessions into the washing machine. And then when I came back to put it into the dryer, there's like four inches of water um, in the stairwell. Oh, okay. Right. So, right. And it's, I'm, it's coming up from the drain. So it is sewage. Ugh. Oh yeah. So, so are these, are these, um, are these like uh, commercial machines or are they like household machines? Uh, okay. So our laundry room, there are three normal household washing machines and one okay. big guy. And then okay. four dryers that are normal, like in your house dryers and then one commercial dryer. Yeah. So okay. um, all of the washing machines except for one are broken and all of the dryers are broken except for the commercial one oh yeah. great perfect so i but when i <laughs> so i don't like all of my clothes are in there and it's so frustrating so i like Ugh. the door frame was n- not below water it was not submerged and so i like mm-hmm. climbed down into it like shimmy down like tried not to touch the water went in like pressed myself around to get into the room the room has water but it's not as high it's like more and it's the floor isn't level so there's water someplace and not others of course switch everything around (laughs) i can't you know carry anything but then getting out i don't know oh right this happened to you have you ever like gone to do something and then been like oh (laughs) i don't know if i can physically do this yeah right and then you're like in the middle of it and you're like oh well I'm stuck yeah now. yeah exactly so I just it's hard to explain but basically I did it twice um and the first time I oh. like this was not the right way to do it but I like held onto the bar with my hands right in front of me and then like some facing the wall yeah. and then I like tried to like walk up the wall and that's yeah. very hard because <laughs> you have to really <laughs> hold on <laughs> and because I can't do a pull up or anything like I'm no i can't do a pull-up like i can't just pull myself really no i've never in my life been able to do a pull-up can you do a pull-up no i can't do a pull-up i don't think i've never been able to do a pull-up in fourth grade yeah when i (laughs) that presidential test or whatever that they make you take oh my god yeah i was like the where you're shamed for like being 10 years old and not being able to do a 98 second yes i couldn't do any pull-ups i can't physically do any at all i can't climb the rope and they have to like lift you up above the bar and then you just drop. Yeah, no, I couldn't even do monkey bars. I always would see kids doing monkey bars. I'm like, how do they do that? Oh, I love the monkey bars. See? Strong. Strong baby Mariah. I, I could not do monkey bars. I wonder if I could do it now. Maybe. Yeah. I did the monkey bars uh, like last week. You did? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. I took the dog to like a playground yeah. and we were just like running around. I was like, I wonder if I could still do That's this. That's so cool. Sure enough. So jealous love the monkey bars give them a shot see if i can my hands and wrists are like the weakest part of my body um that is that's funny i mean you're you're do you not use your hands and wrists a lot for yoga i do and it hurts me but my my Ah. i broke both of my wrists and both of my hands on four separate occasions but wow yeah (laughs) yeah i don't think i knew that oh no no my right wrist that was the best one because when i was i was five six years old and i was in first grade and i broke my wrist falling oh talk about how old we are falling off a diaper pail oh my yeah. god 
<laughs> I'm not even gonna explain it. <laughs> Falling off a diaper yeah, no. pail. Wow. Uh, broke my wrist, and I got to stay home from school for a couple days. And then I went and rode my bike. And my dad said, if you can ride your bike, then you can go to school. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Damn yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, then my other wrist, I broke roller skating. And then I broke my hand when I first moved down here. Um, oh, yeah. It. Yeah. Moving yeah. the tables, moving tables together. Yeah. And then the other one. I think I broke during my teacher training. I think that's what it was. I like rolled over it trying to do. Um, oh my God. Trying to do scorpion pose for anybody who knows what that is. And I like rolled on it, but. Oh. But I think they're probably a little subpar. They shouldn't be that breakable, right? Like, <laughs> I think. <We're... laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't realize the other one was so recent. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was before in that time. I think before you moved down here, but well, we yeah, moved down here. But yeah, have you broken a bone? I broke my wrist. I've broken my wrist, and if my mom ever listens to this podcast, she's never going to speak to me. She doesn't oh, know no. about it, so it's fine. What? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she no, I mean she doesn't know about the podcast. Oh, oh, oh got you, got you. <laughs> she knows about the wrist, <laughs> but um. I think I was like 11 or 12 and I was hanging out with some not so great kids in the neighborhood. Mm. And, um, after, you know, Brian had moved away mm. and I was fending for myself. Scraps of humanity. <laughs> it's just scraps of people in on my block. Mm. Um, and we were riding our bikes to media play, which, Excellent. I don't know if you ever had a media play out where no. you were, but we would go to it the one was like, Buffalo. yeah, yeah. So it was like this all inclusive, like media stuff, like CDs, cassette tapes, VHS is like everything, yeah. like weird musical instruments, books. Yeah. And so we were going there to like buy an Eminem CD. Yep. Mm-hmm. Checks out. <laughs> and um, we were all riding our bikes and I like had fallen off my bike somehow. We were like on a sidewalk or something and I knew something was wrong like, yeah. immediately. And, but you know, I was like, well, I'm just, all these kids are way older than me. I'm not going to be that, that whiny little mm. like 11 year old. So we went and we kept going and I, it was like getting worse and worse. So we came back and I went home and I lied to my mom and said that I had fallen on the sidewalk across the street, which was kind of like wonky and the the town hadn't fixed it yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so like whatever, we go to the hospital, I get a cast, all that stuff. And then my mom calls the town oh. and starts complaining to the town about the sidewalk. Oh. <laughs> and like almost led to a lawsuit, but thankfully like... <sighs> For the most part, my mom's, like, not drama in that way. So she, like, didn't pursue it further. But it was legitimately almost a lawsuit that uh, would have been oh my gosh. based on a little 11-year-old Oh, lie. my gosh. So don't lie. Which is weird. Like, I mean, I knew I shouldn't have been hanging out with those kids. But I hardly ever lied as a yeah. kid. So it was, it just, like, is so horrifying that that still lives true. And I don't know... I don't know if anybody in my family actually knows that story. So if anybody's listening, 
Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It was bad. It was a bad, bad time. Oh. But I mean, you know, I was in sixth grade, so poor baby. Mar- you bounce back. <laughs> poor baby Mariah. I know she was stressed. Yeah. She was so stressed. Oh. <laughs> I hate the like litigious i mean i'm not blaming your mom at all but like just that whole thing like that layer of society is so Ugh. like yeah we had rollerblading day i don't know what to call it in medina where this like mm. there's like a company that what they do is they supply rollerblades and like a dj to gyms yeah yes. and that's like their whole business but, like you didn't have a roller rink you had right you the roller the, day yeah the ymca you could buy i think it was like two dollars it was not expensive yeah. and there would be like just like a sign-up sheet or whatever like they would tell you at school and then you could just show up and pay and you would rent the skates and it was so much fun so you're just in the gym yeah. at the ymca it was so much fun i liked it i yeah. loved it so much the best time yes and i like i fell and broke my wrist like you do but i'm Oof. just like i don't care i'm having a good time but then i was like yeah. oh maybe that same yeah. thing right <laughs> like it's, something's actually wrong it sets in you're like this isn't getting better yeah and i like went into like to tell an adult because i was a child right <laughs> and they were like oh come and sit in here and there were like four other injured kids oh my yeah. god and then I was like, oh, okay, so it's normal. And then just like, and then later <laughs> my dad picked me up. And then maybe two or three hours later, I was like, oh, this is like really not okay. And I remember my dad saying like, I don't, this is something that I actually really appreciate about my dad. Every single time yeah. that I went to the hospital as a kid, he like made it totally my call. Mm, yeah. So he was like, if you think like, if you think that we should go to the hospital, we'll go to the hospital. If you think it'll yeah. be okay, then we won't. And I was like, I think we should go to the hospital. And so yeah. it was broken. Um, but Oof. my dad called the roller rink people just to like let them know, like just just to I guess keep them in the loop or something. Or I don't remember if he called them one way or the other. He maybe just talking around town. I don't know, but. Oh, maybe they called my dad to check on me. I think that might have been mm, it. Yeah. And he said that he, like, realized that the woman was, like, terrified when he said that my wrist was broken. Oh, my God. Uh, my dad was just like, it's not your fault. Like, it's just a thing. It happens. Yeah, right. It's just a thing right. that happens. Right. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what their insurance is like, but it seems like a litigious parent could... Yeah. make trouble and it's a cool business unfortunately which sucks so that sucks like right people just stop doing things that are like really really fun like exactly i don't know it sucks when things happen all the time like i had rollerblades i could have fallen and broken my rollerblade myself my myself on pavement, <laughs> right or right exactly uh, like relax right and i do get like how it's different like i want to sue friggin lockport for the potholes just because Oh, yeah. It's like a nation of potholes. But, you know, like if it's I get the difference between um, like actual negligence and just exactly like this is an accepted thing, you know, and just kids being kids. Right. Right. But Exactly. Like the, like I was just being a child when I broke my wrist and yeah. like my mom had called the town about 98 times before that about the sidewalk. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. That's, that's why i knew to lie about it yeah <laughs> like 
that damn sidewalk right. mom you were right <laughs> oh, oh no terrible you should make maybe sure i'll tell that... her that one day you should she didn't get like a settlement quietly or anything right this isn't evidence of... oh god i hope not yeah. <laughs> double check if, well, if she did it certainly wasn't enough to make a difference so yeah yeah unless it's hidden away somewhere but i highly doubt that oh my god can you imagine in like 10 years your mom is like oh i forgot oh. to give this to you it's your settlement money from this i family. would be oh. i would be so infuriated like i don't even know oh, if yeah. i'd be able to accept it like yeah like we, we really could have used this before really could have used this yeah oh goodness gracious this is i don't know i i this is like one of my favorite stories because it's just so radical and like out there yeah but it's yeah no it's a it's a really good one yeah i I love like the the small town it's very like small town it feels yes exactly that's what i love about it yeah i um we talked last week about the idea that we might um go to every other week so Mm -hmm. that um maybe i can spend more time on some of the like more i don't know just the stories that take longer that require Mm -hmm. more research and um some of you did let us know what you thought about that so if anybody uh wants to weigh in on that you know or not like just email us you know our our favorite thing to say is that you should email us yeah exactly we like hearing from you we really do it's a good time yeah it's it's always great it's great 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 so if you want to you can email us at the podcast at gmail.com you can find us on instagram and tiktok and you can also send in one of those 60 second clips using the link that's in the description yeah well thank you so much mariah thank you casey thank you listeners yes Love love you bye bye Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. If you have any corrections, any knowledge to share, anything that you want to let us know, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok or email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. If you have a story or an insight that you want to share with everybody, you can leave us a 60-second voice clip. You'll find the link to that in the description. If you enjoyed it, you may also consider sharing the podcast with somebody else. You might post link on social media or just tell a friend. We are considering uh, going to bi-weekly episodes. Uh, there's just some flights that are really, really interesting and they're just going to take more time. Uh, so if you want to weigh in on that, be sure to let us know. We truly can't thank you enough for your support. And for now, I'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks again.